Hey, it's so good to be in church today, and it's so good to be in all our campuses today. And uh, in any of our campuses today, we're gonna, I'll shout out to you in a moment, but if there's anyone, if you're new here, this is your first time at Icon Church, and you're in Chesterfield, or Derby, or Sheffield, or Rotherham, or Stocksbridge, or even you're joining us for the first time online you know, sort of viewing, coming into Icon Church service today. We want to give you a huge welcome. So come on, church. Let's do that today. In all our campuses, we'll have a sign that says, Welcome Home. And we really trust that today you'll feel this is a place that you can call home for you. Well, you can take your seats in the room. If you did join us for the first time today in any of our campuses, as I mentioned, Chesterfield, Derby, Sheffield, Rotherham, or Stocksbridge, uh, it's just so good to be together, all our church together. You've come on a very special day. It's our vision offering day, and I love vision offering days. And I was thinking about how 10 years ago, uh, we took an offering in our Chesterfield campus 10 years ago to move into the building we're currently in in Chesterfield. And every year since then, we've had a gift day at some point during the year that will help us move our vision forward. And today's that day for all of our church, all of our campuses. And our goal today is on our gift day to move our vision forward. Our goal is that we would give over and above our regular giving, 75,000 pounds into the work of the Lord through Icon Church. You know, back then, we were one campus. We only had one campus. We had a few couple of services. We had about 150 people connected to Icon Church. Today, we have six campuses and many hundreds of people like across those six, five physical campuses and then many more on our online campus. You know, every year since that first gift day, God has met our needs, and uh, he's always enabled us to keep our vision moving forward. And don't, I, I love that about Icon Church, that we've always got more vision than resources. We've always got a sense of we want to move forward. So I'm excited about today, and I hope you are too. We'll take the offering at the end, right at the end of my message, and in all our campuses, we'll pass bowls and we'll give just together as one church in those locations. And also, if you're online, you'll be able to give. There'll be links for you to give in that. I want to share two verses with you to start with this morning. Two verses. And it wasn't until four years ago, about four years ago, I understood what these verses meant. I heard them a lot as a teenager, all the time, actually. People would pray them. People would use them in sermons. They'd use them in church. I knew that they were good verses, but I had no idea what was going on. Like, have you ever been to a church service and you're like, no idea what was going on? I mean, that might be you today. You might be here today and you might be thinking, like, this feels good, but I'm just not sure what's happening. And, uh, I, well, welcome. We've all been there. The two verses are in Ecclesiastes 11 and verses 1 and 2. And uh, the New King James Version says this, Cast your bread upon the waters. For you will find it after many days. Give a serving to seven and also to eight, for you do not know what evil will be on the earth. Cast your bread upon the water. I heard people pray that. I heard sermons about cast your bread upon the water, and you'll find it after many days. I, had, I heard it all the time, but I had no idea. All I could think of was soggy bread. 
soggy bread and water. I ought to have had a bowl, didn't I, full of water. And like, what good is that? Cast your bread upon the water. I was confused because soggy bread is good for nothing. Anybody agree? Soggy bread, good for nothing. So I was confused until about four years ago, I read it in a different translation. And I also read the backstory of what this was all about. And the NIV, UK version, says this. Ship your grain across the sea. After many days, you will receive a return. Invest in seven ventures. Yes, in eight. You do not know what disaster may come upon the land. At first, I thought, is this the same verse? Like, what's happened? Has somebody butchered it? Who changed it? Ship your grain across the sea. After many days, it will come back. Well, I realized it was Solomon who wrote this verse. Solomon, who became king of Israel, um, you know, about 3,000 years ago, after his father David. And he was encouraging through these verses, through these words, he was encouraging God's people to take a risk, to take a risk, to trust God, to sow some seeds for the future. That's what we're doing today, aren't we? Taking a risk, sowing some seeds for the future. I, I learned that Solomon was asking Israel to do something they'd never done before. And maybe today you're doing something when it comes to vision offering like you've never done before. We've never done vision offering in six campuses before. Maybe you're doing something today at a level that you've never done it before. Well, Solomon was saying to Israel, to the nation, the reward is worth the risk. The reward is worth the risk. Why don't you say that with me up in Stocksbridge? Come on, say that with me. The reward is worth the risk. That's what Solomon was saying. You see, Israel was an agricultural nation, um, not a seafaring nation. They actually viewed the sea as a negative thing, a dark thing, a place of chaos. It goes back to Genesis chapter 1 where the Bible says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, but the earth was without form and void, and darkness, there's the key word, covered the face of the deep, the waters. They saw you know, the sea and the waters and the, and, and the oceans, they saw them as a place of danger, a, dan a place to be feared, a place of chaos. But agriculturally, they loved the land and they grew amazing things. They still do. Figs, olives. Anybody like olives? I love olives. Jaffa oranges. Remember those? And grain. They weren't particularly, though, into exports or international trade, especially across the seas. They do some trade with land-bordering neighbors, but not across the seas. And Solomon had this idea, this vision. Let's ship our goods across the seas. Let's risk the ocean. Let's take a risk. Let's do something we've never done before. And what I love about this is that God's people through the generations always take risks. They're people of faith who step out of the boat. They try new endeavors. And I am so thrilled at Icon Church, you know, that in 2021, that spirit is still alive and well amongst the people of God. Solomon says there's risk, but there's reward. Who knows what's going to come back? Uh, Solomon knew there were no guarantees. He says that in these verses, but he knew that there was one guarantee. If we do nothing, nothing's coming back. 
Let me just say that again. If we take no risk, there's no reward. It sounds like faith to me. So Solomon, we haven't got time to read it. In, in the book of Kings, we find that Solomon built a fleet of ships. And his goal was to ship some of those goods to other lands across the seas. And he has this vision. And he uses these numbers. He says, let's try seven ventures, maybe even eight. And the significance of seven and eight is seven is the number of creation, you know, and and the number of completion. But Solomon is going further. He's saying, let's go for seven, but then let's go even further. Let's go for eight. Uh, Who knows? Who knows what disaster will come upon the land if we do nothing? But let's take a risk. We don't know the outcome, and things can go wrong. But to live a life of faith, you sow seeds. In the same chapter, Ecclesiastes chapter 11 and verse 6, he says this, Sow your seed in the morning, and at evening do not let your hands be idle, for you do not know which will succeed, whether this or that, or whether both will do equally well. Solomon, you can see he's got a passion. Let's do something. Let's step out in faith and do something. The reward is worth the risk. Let me pick on Rotherham right now. Why don't you in Rotherham say that with me? The reward is worth the risk. This week I was reading some old notes and, um, that uh, I've made over the years. And I came on some notes about the parable, parable of the sower. And uh, the note I'd made is, look how liberal... The sower is. He doesn't just pick the good ground and make sure the seed falls there. He scatters the seed liberally everywhere, looking for anywhere in all types of soil where it might grow. And I believe that's what God is like with his word, what he's like with his good news and with the gospel. He literally will sow it liberally upon all people and in all places so that there's no place left out. The the tension we can feel in that sometimes is that Christianity wants to play it safe. It can become safe. And I think it's true to say for many Christians, their faith has become safe. It's become nice. It's become domesticated. Don't let's waste anything. It's become controlled. You know, our religion could be a religion of niceness. And although as followers of Jesus, it's better to be nice than nasty. Amen? Uh, Anybody met any nasty Christians? Don't raise your hands. Anybody sat? No. Like, it's better to be nice than nasty. That's not we're called. No, we're not just called to a life of niceness. We're called to an adventure. We're called to a life of boldness. A life of abundance. A life of looking to see God's kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. A a life that as we sow and as we give and as we pray and as we serve, sees lives transformed by the power of God. You know, Christianity is, is never living for myself. It's always living for other people, following the example of Jesus. A life of adventure that sees on the backside... People encounter and follow Jesus. A life that brings the future into the present. And to do that, look at this quote. We have to sow 
where we want to go. I believe today there's miracles on the backside of our faithfulness. There's miracles on the backside of our prayers. There's miracles on the backside of our giving today. That's what we're doing. Sometimes we want a faith where things don't go wrong. Sometimes we come to faith and we think, now I've got Jesus, everything's going to be perfect in my life. Hello. That's not true. Solomon knew that wasn't true. Life is more raw. Life is more real. It's more exciting. It's more visceral than that. So Solomon says, who knows? Who knows? Maybe after many days, seven or eight ventures, who knows? Things may go wrong, but the reward is worth the risk. Who knows what might go wrong when you try and, you know, ship your grain across the seas? Because there's pirates, right? I mean, that's a real thing. It was a real thing 3,000 years ago. I mean, there's the Bermuda Triangle, There's the Loch Ness Monster. (laughs) There's the perfect storm. But Solomon is saying to the nation, come on, we can't play it safe. After many days, something will come back to us. The reward is worth the risk. It's still worth it if things go wrong. It's still worth it if everything doesn't work out the way we planned. You see, Solomon had a vision. He had a vision of a return. A vision of, for the nation, abundance and wealth. He had a confidence in the goods. In, in what I, I don't know about you, I've got a confidence in the gospel. I believe that Jesus still changes lives. I believe that Jesus still heals people. I believe the Holy Spirit still sets people on a new course in their lives. I believe that's going to happen today. In Icon Church, he had a confidence in, in the goods, in the grain, in the figs, in the olives. We've got a confidence in Jesus, in the message of Jesus. He also thought, you know, we go to other lands, maybe they've got things we don't have. And we can trade. We can give them some of our olives and we can take some of their potatoes. I don't know. But he had this idea we can trade. There's new experiences. There's new cultures. One of the things I love about traveling is, is discovering new cultures. I love the um, alfresco dining culture of Europe. I do. Mainland Europe. You know, um, pre-Brexit Europe. I I love that. (laughs) I love that experience. And Solomon is like, it won't just be trading goods, but we'll trade ideas and experience. There's things that other people know that we don't know. And as we risk, that will be our reward. I believe as we sow into this offering today, our vision is to see people find Jesus, people follow Jesus, and people lead in their lives like Jesus. Most of our church, we haven't met yet. Most of our church, we haven't met yet. The Apostle Paul, um, who writes a lot of the uh, New Testament, is in a city in in Greece called Corinth, and uh, he's facing lots of opposition and persecution, and some of it has become physical, and he's becoming afraid. He's thinking of leaving that city, Corinth, in this particular moment. He's thinking, maybe I can go somewhere where it's easier, where people are more receptive to the message. 
But God speaks to him. And God speaks to him in Acts chapter 18, verses 9 to 11. And the Bible says this. One night the Lord spoke to Paul in a vision. Do not be afraid. Keep on speaking. Do not be silent, for I am with you. And no one is going to attack and harm you. Because I have many people in this city. So Paul stayed in Corinth for a year and a half, teaching them the word of God. I wonder if God's saying that to us today. In Stocksbridge, yesterday I got a Google map of Stocksbridge, and I turned it to the satellite map, and I could see the whole area. And I was just saying, God has many people in this city. And then I moved to the right and saw Rotherham, and I got my Google map and went to satellite and I looked and I said, God has many people in this city. And then I just pulled a little southwest into Sheffield and just that big conurbation. Is that still a word, a conurbation? Just that big area. And I spoke over that God has many people in that city. Then I came a bit further south to Chesterfield, Ches Vegas. And I looked over Chesterfield and, and all of that. And I turned it to satellite and I declared God has many people in that city. And then I went a bit further south down to Darbados. Darbados. Darby. Uh, <laughs> uh, and looked again at that great, huge expanse of a city and declared God has many people in that city. But you know what then I did? I then zoomed out to all of them and looked at how much that covered, how much area and how many people. And I declare again this morning, God has many people in this city. I wonder how many people God has in all those places and all those accompanying places around them. I wonder who God is speaking to, the Holy Spirit is talking to right now. You know, there's people here today in all our campuses who weren't here a year ago. It's because God has many people in these cities. And the vision offering is our statement that we're going to keep sowing. We're going to keep casting our bread upon the water. And we're going to keep expecting to see God move and expecting to see a return. Our vision as a church is human flourishing. People flourishing in every area of life. And we know that people flourish best in a relationship with Jesus. And that's why the things we do, our mission, the things we do to see that vision come to pass is build relevant contemporary churches, reaching people with the message of Jesus and empowering them to lead and influence in every sphere of life and impact their world. So I want to highlight three things from this story I've told you about Solomon and Israel. Three things that we have to do to move the vision forward. Three things I believe we are doing today in the vision offering. Are you ready? Here's the first thing. Are you ready in Sheffield? We have to leave our comfort and embrace compassion. You know, Solomon was wealthy. People actually came to see his wealth. Solomon had created a fantastic culture in the palace. People came to see his riches, but they came to see the joy and the celebration and the culture that he'd created. He could have stayed where he was, but he didn't prioritize comfort. And neither can we. 
He knew going over the sea, they would face opposition. They weren't a seafaring nation. They'd face challenge. They'd had, they were on a steep learning curve. And change, and he was opposed, and change uh, is always opposed. Because he wasn't just changing the practice, creating a navy, if you like, or making some trade ships, taking to the high seas, but he was changing their mindset. He was changing their mindset. And if Jesus wants to do anything, he wants to change our mindset. He doesn't want our mindset to be conformed to this world or the pattern of this world. Well, as I've said already, the sea was a negative thing in Jewish thinking. So Solomon was challenging that mindset. It's always seen as a place of chaos and separation. Right back from Genesis 1. And the people felt afraid. But Solomon was saying, let's challenge that fear. Because the reward is worth the risk. You see, comfort doesn't keep you safe. Comfort keeps you small. And the antidote to comfort is compassion. You know, don't try and fight your need for comfort. I think it's a good thing. I like my creature comforts, don't you? I like, you know, the favorite chair. I like the house to be warm, the church to be warm. I, I like that. But I believe we need to raise our level of compassion. And when we lift our level of compassion... Our care for people will be willing to take risks. We will be able to step out. Jeannie and I are not giving into this offering today for our comfort. We're giving because we want to see more people find Jesus. And Solomon had a passion, a passion for his nation and a passion for the people of Israel that it would be the best that it could be. That he had a compassion that he would lift them out of their economic level into a new economic level. That he would see the lives of people, not just the king, not just his servants living in joy and peace, but the whole nation knowing the blessing that God could bring. And as we risk the ocean if you like, as a church. People are transformed. Listen to some of these messages um, that I've personally received from people. One person wrote this to me. You know, I thought I had a faith. I thought I had a faith. I thought I was a follower of Jesus. But I came to Icon Church and my life, listen to this, my life has been revolutionized. I think I said that right. <laughs> I've now not got a faith. I've got a relationship with God. What a, what a message to receive. Uh, like, like being a pastor, you get all kinds of messages. You know, people who pray for this, you know, struggling. But what a message to receive. What about this one? A person wrote to us, I was really worried about my teenagers. They had no interest in church. But we came to Icon Church and they love it. And I am in awe at what God has done in their lives. To see them following Jesus is my greatest desire. What about this one? I had a friend who was struggling with so many things, but since they came to church, their life has begun to get back on track and they have got so much peace, which is evident to all. We risk because we love we risk because we have compassion. Look at Mark 6:34. It says, When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. 
I believe today we're killing the creature comfort Christianity that creeps into the church because comfort doesn't keep us safe. It just keeps us small. But compassion sends us. And so if vision offering feels slightly uncomfortable, we're doing it right. We're doing it right. We're doing it because of compassion. If it feels really uncomfortable, now we're talking. Now we're talking. I believe today we want to ask God for greater compassion. Compassion for people who are far from God, for our neighbors, for our towns and our cities. We want compassion. The second thing is we have to let go of certainty and embrace courage. After many days, Solomon says, we may receive a return. In my notes, I've written may in capitals. We may receive a return. How many days? Don't know. What kind of return? What percentage return? I've worked uh, uh, on a few little projects with investors and banks and things like that, and there's always a percentage number. We're interested if there's this return. But Solomon's not very clear. He didn't have it all figured out. And often that uncertainty can stop us, move us forward. It can stop our ideas. I'm not quite sure how this will work out. I'm not quite sure how successful this will be. Sometimes that uncertainty can stop our hopes and our dreams and our aspirations. We're not quite sure. But what we do know is that we have a God who can do far more than we can ever ask or imagine. You know, and all he asks from us is a step and then to trust him with the results. You know, it's a great weight off your shoulders and my shoulders when I realize we're not responsible for the results. Paul, when he writes to that church in Corinth, I mentioned, says, um, you know, I, I sowed the seed, Apollos watered it, but God gave the increase. Your job and my job is we sow the seed, we water the seed, and we trust God for the increase. Ephesians 3, 20 and 21, we use these verses a lot at Icon Church, don't we? They say, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. When we step out, knowing that our God can do more, the glory goes to him. Shall I tell you a few more recent stories? Oh, maybe not. (laughs) Somebody wrote to me and said, I recently plucked up the courage to ask my friend if they would come to church with me. They said, yes. How how often do we say people's no for them? They said yes. Uh, This week I was told a story about a person who invited a friend to Connect Group, and they came to Connect Group with them. Uh, Some years ago, I I knew a young man. He was angry. His home life was not the best. It wasn't fantastic. His behavior at school was terrible. And his, as he got older, as a teenager, his behavior in society wasn't good. It was very poor. As I looked at his life, I had to get past his annoying behavior and see that he was a person that God loved. And, uh, and that God loved him. And uh, as I got past his annoying behavior and my oh, frustration, if you like, at his annoying behavior, 
I began to pray. I began to pray because all I could see was his behavior and anger would lead to violence. And that that violence would probably mean prison. Not only did I pray, but I had a couple of chances to speak to him. I reached out to him and I spoke to him privately on a couple of occasions. And I was right. His anger, his background led to violence. And that violence led to other things. And ultimately it meant prison. But... Anybody glad that they've got a butt in their story? I won't say anything about big butts, but anybody glad about that? But he met an on-fire Christian who told him about God's love. I don't know who you are today, but you need to know that God loves you. And if you think, Paul, I like, like that language, God loves me. Well, let me say it like this. The person who sat in the seat you're in, in Stocksbridge, in Rotherham, the the person who sat in that seat in Sheffield, in Derby, here in Chesterfield, uh, that couch at home, that person sat in that seat you're in, God loves. God loves that person. He met an on-fire Christian who told him more about God loves. This young man, who's now quite a bit older, recently reached out to me. I'd forgotten. But he thanked me that all those years ago, I reached out to him and spoke to him. He said he remembered it when he met this Christian. He's now out of prison. He lives in another part of the country and he's following Jesus. We've got to overcome uncertainty with courage. With courage. 1 Peter 5 verse 6 to 7 says, Humble yourselves. I, I, like the increase is God's. Humble yourselves under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up in due time. Cast your anxiety on him because he cares for you. I love it that it's Peter who says this. Peter who walks on water and sinks and Jesus rescues him. And nobody talks about the walk back, but they walk on water back. A Peter who's confident, loud, brash, and bold most of the time, but who knew that courage, you can't, put, you can't have courage because of who you are. You have courage because of who God is. You have courage because of who God is. And so we can be courageous today. Courageous, bold, audacious in our giving because God cares for us and he cares for people. And the final thing, the last thing, We leave the present and we look to the future. We leave the present and we look to the future. Come on, Sheffield. Join me. Say this with me in Sheffield and in Chesterfield just to help the stream. The reward is worth the risk. Come on, after three. One, two, three. The reward is worth the risk. Obviously, Solomon was not willing just to cling to the present, to what he knew, or to the past the great past of his father's rule. But he had a vision for the future. And I believe we have a vision too. And I want to ask us today, do we believe the best is ahead? You know, um, or are we always thinking, I remember when. I remember when. I've got a quote, it says this, we cannot be so in love with the past or the present that we don't experience the future. 
We can't be so in love and it creeps into our lives so much. We can't stay here. We can't stand still. We have so many needs, so many things I believe God wants to do. And too many of us in our personal lives, we're still holding to the past. We're holding on to what someone said or what someone did. What are you holding on to today? Too many churches are holding on to the past. But I'm committed that Icon Church will always be a church that looks to the future. Because God has more people in this city, in Chesterfield, in Derby, in Sheffield, in Rotherham. There's more people in Rotherham, in Stocksbridge. There's more people in this city. There are more salvations and baptisms. I'm believing for that today. I'm believing that today people will make a decision to follow Jesus across Icon Church in our campuses, but also online. And I'm believing today that people will sign up to be baptized if they've never made that decision to be baptized as their next step of following Jesus, that they'll do that today. There's more young people and children to reach, more young people to follow Jesus more leaders and laborers for God to raise up for the harvest. Jesus said, doesn't he? Look, the harvest is white. Pray for laborers in the harvest field. More breakthroughs to experience. More transformation to happen. More people to write letters to us and say, I found peace. My life was chaos but I found peace. There's more on fire Christians to emerge who will connect with other people, meet people like that young man and see their lives turn around. Let me just tell you that since Easter, not, on, not online, these aren't online figures. I've taken out online figures. Since Easter, in all our campuses, Stocksbridge, Rotherham, Sheffield, Derby, Chesterfield, We've seen in six months, 239 new people in all our campuses. And every campus has had new people. We have seen in campuses, in the rooms, 143 decisions in all of those campuses. <laughs> On top of that, in the last six months, we've seen over 100 decisions online, but I'm not counting them in these numbers. Someone sent me a text and they felt God was saying as our staff went on retreat this last week, it was a great text with many things in it, but it said this, God says, I'm not done yet. I love that. Listen, and when I'm done, God still won't be done. And when you're done, God still won't be done. We're going to see more disciples, people baptized, people following Jesus. If you need to sign up to be baptized, do it today. If you, if you made a decision to follow Jesus, but you've not been baptized, do it today. Do it today. There are more people. Today we're investing today in the places of hope, places, Icon Church, so that people can find life. Icon Church in Chesterfield, in Sheffield, in Derby, in Stocksbridge, and in Rotherham. And like Solomon today, the risk is there but the reward is worth the risk we're leaving our comfort today and we're embracing compassion 
we're letting go of certainty and then we're embracing courage and we're leaving the present and we're looking to the future. Today is a special day in our calendar and I'm so thrilled we get to do it together across all of our campuses today. We today are becoming the shoulders that other people will stand on. And other people will say in the future, I'm so glad that those guys in 2021 stepped out. Our goal today is for our vision offering 75,000 pounds. And I believe it requires all of us to do something today. You know, the church is not built on the gifts and talents of a few, but the sacrifice of many. So it requires all of us to do what we can today. And your response today and your step of faith today, your step of faith might be to give and to give 100 pounds over and above regular giving. That might be your step of faith, somebody else's step of faith. Today might be 500 pounds. Your step of faith today could be 1,000 pounds. It would only take 75 of us if that was our step of faith. Somebody else's step of faith today could be 5,000 pounds. Somebody else's step of faith today could be 10,000 pounds. Somebody else's step of faith could be 15,000 pounds. I don't know. But I, it requires all of us to do something. Let me finish with this verse. Deuteronomy 15 and verse 10. It says this. Give generously and do so without a grudging heart. And then because of this, the Lord will bless you. And all your work. And in everything you put your hand to. We had a wonderful moment, didn't we, in the pandemic where that song came out, the blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you, make his face to shine upon you. But there's a promise here that when we give generously and without a grudging heart, that the Lord God will bless us in our work and in everything we put our hand to. So I want to thank you. I want to thank people in all of our campuses today. Thank you for what you're going to do. And I'm going to pray today and I'm going to pray that we will embrace compassion, that we will embrace courage and we'll look to the future. And then our leaders in our giving in this moment and just instruct us how to do that across all our campuses this morning. So come on, church, let's pray right where you're sat, just bow your head. Lord, I thank you today for your word. I thank you we get to step out today. And I pray that you will help us to take our step of faith today, whatever that is, and that we would embrace compassion today and that we would embrace courage and take that step of faith, whatever that means for us, and that we would be a people who look to the future, believing the promise, and that we would take our steps of faith today, not for our sake, but for the sake of others, for the sake that your kingdom will come and your will be done and that you have many people in these cities in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen.